And then like you got to try to be saved, right? Because most of us have a religious context, and so we think that salvation is coupled with the burden of perfectionism, and so now because we're saved, we got to be perfect, and we got to try to navigate that change. Yeah. And then like, or, or maybe we go through an encounter, or we're in a small group, and then we get this healing, and we get some freedom in our life, and then we, it's one thing to get free, it's another to, to stay free, and we've got to try to navigate that transition, and that's difficult. Everything inside of our life seems like it's always changing. Can I get an amen from somebody? And it is hard. It's not only hard to navigate all of that change in my kids, in the world, in my spiritual life. It's not only hard to navigate it all, it's, it's, it's also like really hard not to just default to what the world does and what, what's going on in culture today. It's hard to just not live like everybody else lives. Come on, somebody. Not to just battle anxiety the way that everyone else does. Not to just battle stress the way that everyone else does. Not, not to just raise our kids like everyone else does. Not to just have a relationship with the Lord like everyone else does. Come on, somebody. It's hard not only to navigate. Has anybody ever said to themselves, like, I wish I could just get some stability in my life? <laughs> like, you get things going your way. And then what happens? Something doesn't go your way. You get a diagnosis. You walk through a divorce. You walk through a financial season where you're broke. Anybody ever been broke? Come on, somebody. And how do I, how do I live a life where everything like that can happen? Because let me tell you, it will happen. Like the Bible does not promise us a problem-free existence. It says, as a matter of fact, it says to count it all joy, brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. I'd love to tell you that the moment you get to become a believer is like when everything is going to be great for you. But I have had some of the most faith-shaking moments in my life happen. And the biggest mistakes I've ever made in my life happen after I accepted Jesus and the call of God on my life. So if that's true, we don't want to live like everybody else, but we want a stability. I want to be emotionally stable. I want to be financially stable. I want to be relationally stable. I want to know that when the, the winds of life hit my house, that I'm going to be okay. Thank you. So how do we do that? How do we live a life where that's... Here, here's what I will tell you. I will tell you that that life that I just described to you is actually possible. It is. It's actually possible for you to live a sustainable life. It's actually possible that when you get a diagnosis that, you, that, that is out, off, off the rails, that you still have some form of stability in your life. That when you have somebody leave your life, that you still have stability in your life. That when you have a lot of money or no money, that you'll still be okay with who you are. Did you know that life is actually possible? It's actually possible. However, it's not, it doesn't happen on its own. Here's what I've realized about that life. It just doesn't happen organically. I wish it did. I wish we got to learn all the things we needed to learn in our life would just be stable on its own. But how many of y'all know anything worth doing takes some intentionality? Anything worth doing takes some effort on our part. Anything worth doing takes us going to God and figuring out how to do it. Are y'all with me this morning? Yes, come on. And so... How do we get this stability? Like the, the kind of stability that no matter what is happening in my life, I'm still okay. I'm still growing. I'm still walking in faith. I'm still walking in the calling for, of God for my life. In a world, a life full of spiritual changes, we have to intentionally root ourselves 
in some things that no matter what the circumstances are, we are still stable in who we are. We have to root ourselves in some things that no matter what circumstances come, these things we can come back to and have some consistency, a feeling of consistency or stability inside of our life, even everybody. Is this all making sense? To have the peace, because that's all I want. I just want to have the peace that Jesus promised, which seems so fleeting in my life. But I want to have the peace that Jesus promised. I want to have the life He promised. Like, let me tell you, man, Jesus didn't die on the cross just so that you could exist. Jesus didn't die on the cross so that you could just be tossed around by the next idea of the world or emotion that comes your way. Jesus died all the way. All the way died and all the way got rose again so that you could literally have a life that was stable in the midst of change. But let me tell you something today. Now I can feel it. Took me a while to get to, took me a while to get y'all there. Y'all just kind of stared at me for the first 10 minutes. But to live a life, man, where no matter what happens, I'm still good. No matter if I get cancer, I'm good. No matter if I'm pro, I'm good. No matter if you're in my life, not in my life, I'm good. No matter if I'm standing on a stage preaching or not, I'm good. Come on, somebody. That's the life that Jesus died for us to have. But we won't have it. We will not. You, I promise you, I promise you, you will not have it unless your life is rooted in the right things. Because those are the things you come back to when you get punched in the mouth. By life, hopefully. So I love this because I was thinking about just where we are as a church, where we are individually, and I was thinking about this, this life. Man, we've had so much growth, so much change in our church, and how do we create this stability here? How do we create this stability in ourselves? And, and I was taken to, 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 to Psalm chapter 1, and, and David, who wrote a lot of the Psalms, he, he writes this in Psalm chapter 1, Verse 3, he described to me this life that I really want to have, which is this stable life. That no matter what happens, that I'm still good. We're still good. I got this. I can do this. I'm still good. And what's interesting is when you think about who David was, David was anointed king as a little boy. Maybe you're not familiar with the story, but David was anointed king as a little boy. And I'd love to tell you, just, just like us, that, that he got anointed king and immediately he became king and, and, and went happy ever, happily ever after. But that's not true. He, he got anointed king and then he had to kill a lion and he had to kill a bear and then he had to kill a giant and, and he had to go through this life. Then before he became king, the actual king chased him from cave to cave with dogs trying to kill him. And like there was this journey. And then he becomes king and he gets it. And he's there and then... He makes a stupid decision and has a big problem. So his life is full of turmoil and full of change and full of triumph and full of, of defeat, just like our life. That's right. But he writes this little scripture, and that's what sent me on the journey for us to, to do this series called Rooted, is, is this scripture right here. David describes, so interesting when you know the context of David's life, the lion, the bear, the giant, Saul trying to kill him. He gets to be king, makes a big mistake. Gets, it's all these, all these incredible things. Like, wow. And then he writes this. Talking about the righteous, which is you. So how do we live the life that I'm described? Y'all feel the life that I'm trying to describe here? Y'all want that, right? Because I want that. 
It says he is like a tree planted, but, but, but not just planted, because I'm going to tell you the, the winds of change will move you all around. He, he says you got to be planted, but you not only have to be planted, you got to be planted in the, the right things. He said by living water. He didn't say like a tree planted and then nothing else. He said like a tree planted by living water, because how many of you know where you're planted matters? And look at, look at the result. That yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not, go back, Rocker, does not wither. Look at this. This is all I want for my life. As I raise my kids, as I'm a husband, as I have a ministry, as, I, as I, all the things. I just want to prosper. Anybody else? I, I just want to prosper in all I do. By the end of the day when I die and they put me in a box and I go be with Jesus in heaven, I just want people to, like, like he prospered in all he did. That's what I want. I want that when I get a diagnosis that I still prosper. I want that when I walk through relational trouble, I still prosper. I, 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 want, I want that life. David says in order to be that life, you can't be like a boat. You don't need to be like a bird that flies over all your problems. You don't need to be a boat that's tossed by, by the wind of all your problems. He says you need to be like a, a tree. So, 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 so when you think about a, about a tree, that, that's what I want my life to look like. It's possible. It's possible that when we make the decision to root ourselves in the right thing, that we have this life that David promised we would live. Now you can put the picture of the tree up there, Riker. How many of y'all think we have students that serve inside of our church? Come on, somebody. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. They have a longer attention span than I do. What's interesting is, because when you think about your life being sustainable in all seasons and all circumstances, no matter what, David uses this medium of a tree. Well, you see the fruit here, right? And that fruit's great, right? It's great. The fruit. That's what we do. That's, who, that's all the things we achieve. That's our new house, our new boat, our new car. That's our promotion. That's our business doing well. That, that's all our things. And then you got the leaves, which just make us look pretty, right? Come on, somebody. Y'all look pretty today. Amen, everybody? You look good today. And then the thing, this is so good, but the thing that no one sees is actually the thing that derives the life for everything we do see. But we like the things we see, so we put our time and effort into shining that apple and making those leaves look pretty, when it's all actuality, the life comes from the roots, not the other way around. The life is not in the leaves or the fruit. That's nice, but the life is in the roots. It's the roots that when a fire comes can restart the tree. It's the root that when the wind comes and blows all those pretty apples and leaves off of that tree, but the tree is still standing, it's the roots that puts the leaves back on the tree. Are you with me this morning? Man, in a world that tells you the leaves are what matters and the fruit's what matters, I look at the Bible, the Bible says it's what you're rooted in and planted by that actually gives you the sustainability inside of your life. That's the introduction to the series. That's what we're trying to do. To be like a tree. Planted. Being rooted in the right things. Because listen, I'm going to tell you this. If you don't have roots, you'll just live a shallow life. You'll just be blown about by every little thing that happens. If you don't have roots, you'll just have shallow relationships. Which we're going to talk about today. If you don't have roots, you'll just... Live a life. Jesus didn't die so you could live a life like that. So today we're going to talk about 
being rooted in relationship. Being rooted in relationship. Let's talk about relationships. Are you all ready? Yes. Who, who said yes? I'm going to preach to you today and you back there. I'm going to preach to y'all. Everybody else, y'all can go. Are you all ready? Let's talk about relationships. Okay, it's good. It's good. I like it. Relationships. This is interesting. When I look back at my life, which looks a little bit like David's, when I look back at my life, when I look at what God's doing here at our church, when I go through semester of semester of small groups, let me tell you this, let me just be real with you, it could not become more clear to me, listen to me, how absolutely critical and vital the relationships that you choose to walk in have on your life. It could not, I'm talking vital for what you walk through inside of your life. The Bible has a lot to say about relationships. So I did the work for you and did some research this week. Thank you. We okay today? Yeah. Okay. That or I'm just not funny today. <laughs> I'm willing to bet that it's been a long time. Let's just be real. But I'm willing to bet it's been a long time since you stopped and took inventory of the relationships that you're walking inside of your life. I bet it's been a while. Since you actually stopped and go, okay, who does the five people I spend the most time with? Did you know that you're the common denominator of the five people you spend the most time with? I'll bet it's been a while because it happens for me too. I have to go through some things, get mad at some people. Not John, but like people, you know, people, John. I got to get mad. I have to get frustrated. I have to have something happen, which those things are going to happen. But that's the moment in which I stop and like evaluate the relationships in my life. That's what we're doing right today. We're going we're to start like, how, how do I, if I'm the common denominator of the five people I spend the most time with, like, like who are these people? Have you evaluated your relationships in your life lately? I'm not talking about your spouse. The reason that I'm pretty sure that you haven't stopped to take an inventory of the relationships inside of your life is because in our, uh, it's so difficult to do in the culture we live in today. It's hard to do it. You know, I think about the definition of, of relationships. The definition or basis the criteria for relationships and how we choose those relationships in our life has drastically changed even over the last couple of years. When I say relationships to you, like what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Friends. My friends. My friends. Right? My friends. My friends. Yeah, that's right. My friends. I was thinking about this this week because I didn't want to give you like five keys to have better relationships because that's just not worth my time. I really wanted you to see how being rooted in the relationships, the right ones, how, how biblically, how, 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 how it would actually change your life in a way that you could like want to do it. That, that, that's, what I, that, that's what I want to show you today. When you think about friends, the definition of, of friends in our culture today, has a very interesting definition. 
when you think about the word friends, because that's what I said, hey, we're, today we're going to talk about relationships. And you're like, friends, they're my friends. You know, our culture's definition of the word friends is really interesting when you actually think about it. If that's it, if that's what relationships are, is friends, in that case, I mean, I've got 2,000 of them. For real. I asked Brianna this week how many friends we got. She said we got 2,000. How many followers you had on Instagram? 80. How many did you have? Come on, brag a little bit, girl. Tell them about all your friends. Is that not enough to brag about? Is that why you don't want to use that number? She has 870 something followers on Instagram, which I think is pretty, that's pretty powerful. You know? Man, I'm a woman of God over here. If the way that, if, if what we hear when we hear the word relationships is friends, and in our culture today, that would lead me to make decisions, to build a belief system and structure on the idea that those 2,000 people are in fact my friends. Would that be, could we settle that? The way we think about them, the way we see them, if the definition of friends is what it says on F-R-I-E-N-D-S, 2,000 is what mine said. Then that must mean they're my relationships. This is interesting when you really think about it. There's not some people in here that aren't on social media and they're like, oh, ha, ha, not a message for me today. But <laughs> uh, seriously, I, I mean, I've had two or three people in the message, first service and this service. And when I said it, they're like, oh, well, praise God for me. I've got that all under control. Bull. Like, I'm not even on it. And my wife, I, I occasionally, she sent me a thing today from it. It was like, hey, somebody posted about the church. It was Melissa. It's like, isn't this awesome? I was like, oh, wow. Would have never saw it. But I still have trouble with re the relationships in my life and how they relate to me either walking out the calling of God in my life or not. So if that's true, I have 2,000 friends. How many friends do you have? A million, right? It's awesome. All these friends you have. Remember when I told you last week that if you don't have roots in the right things, you'll default to the cultural norm? If you don't have roots in the right thing, you'll default to the cultural norm that you actually have 2,000 friends? Not, not even counting, like, think about 2,000. This is good. I thought about you. Uh, not only counting that because you watch a lot of YouTube, you know. Not only that, but I can convince myself that the people that I'm, that content that I'm consuming on, on YouTube, like, they're actually my friends too. Am I weird if y'all do that? Yeah. Y'all get to know the YouTuber. Do you do that? Come on, Chris. Don't lie. Like, I, I, I like it. Can I ask you one question? If I have 2,000 followers or friends on social media on Facebook, and Brianna has 875, sorry, honey, followers on Instagram, and I'm a part of these groups, you know, on social media, like pontoon boats under 10,000 and... Uh, Brianna's a part of like, what is it called? Natural Moms, and you've got these oil groups that you're a part of. These are all your friends. If that's true, let me ask you this. Why do I feel so alone if they're my friends? I even wrote this down. Why do I feel so freaking alone? Because that's how I feel sometimes. But I have 2,000 friends! 
culture tells me these people are my friends. I make decisions that are based on these people being my friends. Come on, somebody. I do or don't post things because I'm worried about what they might think or not think. They are, they are influencing my decision making. Then why do I feel so alone and I'm the only one struggling with my depression? It's okay for y'all to be quiet right here. Like, why, do, why am I the only, why do I feel like I'm the only one struggling with my addiction? Why do I feel that way if I have 2,000 friends? Why do I feel like I'm the one that is, has to deal with this anxiety at night if I have 2,000 friends? I, I just want to help us recalibrate what, what relationships are today because we, we're way off. Me too. Let's, let's go. Y'all ready? Why do I feel like I'm slowly, silently dying if I have 2,000 friends? Come on, somebody. This is real. Can I tell you why you feel alone? Why I feel alone? Because you are. I hate it. I hate it for you. You really are alone. Listen to me. You may be virtually connected, but you are not vitally connected. You and I, I don't know this to be fact, because I haven't looked, but you and I may be virtually connected. And that could be a possibility, but we are not vitally connected. You understand that, that, that that's reality. And I know it hurts because it sucks. Like, I get it. Because I want these people, to, but they're not. Like, like, there's a reason we don't have live stream. It's not because we don't have the capabilities. We could do it. Not a problem. The reason that we don't have a live stream, not because I think anybody else is bad. But like everybody, if they start a church in your garage today, you have a live stream. We're live streaming basketball games now. You don't even have to be a great grandparent. You can just watch it on the phone. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. But like you, you can you can be connected because we're virtual. We're the most virtually connected generation that's ever walked the face of the earth. Yet we're the most vitally disconnected generation that's ever walked the face of the earth. The reason we don't have a live stream, just simply put, because I because I just I was like we had one and I'd like see people and they'd be like, oh pastor, um, and I'm like, oh man, I, I miss you, Sherry. I haven't seen you in a few weeks. Are you doing okay? How, how you doing? Oh no, we've been there. We've been watching online. And I'm like, you ain't been there. Yeah, there you go. That's true. Because. God help me. Because this is not this is not vitally connected. This is vitally connected. Like this is it. So we have to recalibrate the now listen, Linda. I'm not saying you should burn the internet or we should all delete social media and go live on an island somewhere. That's not what I'm saying. Those are great tools for your business. They are great tools. Listen to me. They are great tools to reach the lost. They are great tools to share information. They are not the kind of relationships that sustain, feed, grow, heal our souls. These are. Yes, amen. And I'm not fatalistic or cultish. I'm just saying like the people that, that you're with. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because like, listen, I have a mentor or a counselor that I talk to every 
Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever he can get me scheduled, because I don't like going. But, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. But, I hate it. Because he lives in Colorado and I live here and I only can talk to him on the phone. And I do not feel connected with him like I would if I was sitting in a room right. with him. Yeah. Right. And we've been led by culture that this is connection. So we think these are our friends and we make decisions based on that when we are being rooted in the wrong things, everybody, and not rooted in the right things. The wrong things are soaking up all the water and the health and the healing and the growth. You, let me tell you, your podcast or your... Like, listen, listen. Are y'all with me? Yes. Okay. So how do we have roots in the right relationships. I'm not saying that you don't have to have relationships that you're connected in virtually. I get that. Th th those are not, like, get it. What I want to do is I want to help us recalibrate our view of relationships. I want to challenge the way we see relationships inside of our lives so that we can place them in the proper context and actually live a real life. Hello? Listen to me. This, this mustn't and cannot be the primary place that I'm connected relationally inside of my life. Just can't. All of that has to be looked at in the proper context. All of it. When I get the proper view of relationships, when I get the proper view of relationships, this is, a lot of this came to me this way. Actually, what relationships actually are, it changes the way I see my life when I get the proper view of, of what relationships actually are. It changes my life. When I get the proper context for relationships, then I know how to identify them and walk in them and how to walk away from them. So for this, I want to take you to a snapshot inside of the early church, because that's really what we're trying to do here. We're just trying to operate it like they did when they began the church before it became increasingly bureaucratic bureaucratic, and all the things. Right? What we're trying to do here, we're trying to create, recreate a New Testament Early church, church. That's what we're trying to do. It looks like it's working pretty well. But I want to take a snapshot in this. I've never seen this before, but this is called the Fellowship of Believers. And I want to, I want to pull some things out of this today that I believe are going to help us grow some roots in the relationships in our life that matter most. Amen, everybody? Are you all with me? Yes. Uh, I've never really seen this before and in this context, but what it's going to do is it's going to to show us how to start growing into the right relationships, to help us move from culture shallow relationships, more virtual based relationships, to the one that are vital for living out the life that God's called us to live. So let me catch you up where we're at in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. I got a little bit to cover today. Are y'all with me? Yes. Okay, the points go fast, but I got to lay this. So where we're at is Jesus has died and been resurrected. He's appeared. The Holy Spirit has came. Now He's in heaven. And now the, the disciples, the apostles, they're setting up the early church. That's where we are. The church is about to begin. It started at 120 in the upper room when the Holy Spirit descended. And there was 120 of them gathered together. And now this is when we see the the big expansion of the early church. Peter, who was one of the disciples, you remember the guy who denied Jesus? That's Peter. And what he did was, was he stood up in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of people and he began to preach this message, pretty powerful. And inside of this moment, 3,000 people came to know Jesus just like that. That, ladies and gentlemen, is revival. Not a concert. Want to be clear about that. 
Revival isn't a worship concert. Revival is dead people coming alive. Revival isn't churches filling up. Revival is dead people coming to life. Revival isn't, are you with me? Not a Christian concert. It's dead people coming alive. It's people who are dead coming alive. It's salvation. It's not worship. It's not preaching. It's salvation. That's revival. Are you with me? Whole nother sermon. But Peter preaches and there's actually revival. 3,000 people come to know Jesus in this moment. And then we see this expansion of the early of the early church. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 40, 41. It says, So those who received his word were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. This is crazy. Think about this. This is real, this is real life. This is not a storybook. Get this. Where we are in the Bible, the early church is being formed, it's exploding. Peter preaches. Thousands get saved. The 120 went to thousands overnight. The 120 we had <laughs> went to 300 overnight. Y'all have been around a little while. Y'all know that. All you new people, I'm so glad you're here. We need you. But like, you remember what happens? This is crazy. So relevant to our culture today. It's also so relevant to where we are as a community of new life. Like, they had the same temptations we do when the, when the church began to explode. Right? Just to kind of like hide out, come and receive and leave. That's the same, we have the same, they have the same tendencies. To not really want to be connected together relationally. Well, this is good. So how do we get some roots? Roots and relationships that matter most. I want us to look at what's happening inside of this fellowship, inside of these relationships in this early church so that we can identify the kinds of relationships we need to walk in our life. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Let's go. Look at here. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. Okay, they're learning. They're growing. They're learning, growing, right? This is right. Did you know Sunday's important? Sunday's important. To show up on Sunday is important. It's vital to the Christian life. I hear people say all the time, uh, well, I don't have to go to heaven, go to church to go to heaven. And it's like, no, you sure don't. You don't have to be married and live together. You can live separate. Brianna's thinking, man, that sounds kind of nice. All right. Verse 43. Look at this. Here we go. Verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Sherry said, Amen. Amen. And verse 43. And an awe came upon every soul. Every soul? Most souls. All souls. And many signs and wonders were being done to the apostles. This is where you think I'm going to get weird, but I'm not. Verse 44, and all who believed were together. Say it again. They were together. And they had, what's interesting is they had so many more medical, untreatable medical conditions during the Bible that we have in 2023. <laughs> Easy. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. I love this. And so... Inside of this moment, people would, they were traveling to Passover to all gather in this moment. Well, when they gathered in this moment, you know, Jesus died on the cross and had this big thing. So they were staying because the early church was forming. So they weren't going home to their jobs or going back to their life. So they had no money. They were just like riding a wave of revival. That's what this was. It's pretty, pretty incredible. And so everybody would sell things so that people would have enough food to eat or a flat to rent or, you know, something like that so that they could keep this movement going. It's pretty cool. 
and belongs in distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Look at this, verse 46. And day by day, attending the temple together, they went to church every day, and breaking bread in their homes. Look at this. They received food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. It almost sounds a little bit like, like, like this here, doesn't it? It's cool. When we are intentional about getting rooted in the right relationships, we start to see things happening. Like for real. Things that we so long to have, places in our life that we so long to have transformed, they start happening when we grow roots in the right relationships. Things that leave a lasting impact through our life start happening when we get roots in the right relationships. When we are rooted in the right relationships, so let me help you identify them. Three points and then we're out of here. I delay all that to get you here. But what I'm about to give you is going to be good. Are you ready? Yes. The kind of relationships I need to put roots in are the ones, here it is, the first point that I'm growing in. The right relationships, the right relationships give me personal, stay with me, Riker, give me personal growth. The personal growth happens when I'm rooted in right relationships. It is a byproduct of a healthy relationship is that as I am in relationship with Nick, Nick grows. Are you with me? Personal growth happens in relationships. Look what the Bible says. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. They should shift in the way... This is a shift that we've got to have in the way that we begin to plant roots in the relationships inside of our lives. One of the expectations, listen to me, that I have for the relationships in my life is that the byproduct of our relationship is that I am being challenged, I am being taught, and I am being encouraged to grow into who God has called me to be. That should be a prerequisite. You should not spend time with people where that is not happening. God bless you. God bless them. I'm going to help you out here in just a second. Don't think I'm I'm a black and white person. You just have to know that about me. I'm extreme, right? It's okay, everybody. (laughs) Guys, listen. Listen to me. We don't have a ton of time in this life. We're going to die. Like my dad woke up dead at 62. I thought he had like 30 more years. Just dead. We're going to go be with Jesus. That's it for this deal. But let's go around and be over. Before we know it, you could die today. And I'm not a fatalist. That's the reality. What I want you to see is that we don't have time to entertain relationships that we're just not growing inside of. Like I just ain't got time for it, bro. Like I ain't got time for it. I got too much crap to do. I ain't got time to just sit and chill. I, I can't. I like you, love you, but I just don't have time to sit around and chill with you because I gotta grow. Because why? Because there's people God's called me to reach in my life. There's not enough time, and there's too many people, and life is hard enough. You deserve to walk in relationships that you're growing inside of. Stop right now. And ask yourself, are the relationships that take up the lion's share of your time an environment that you're growing in or just existing in?
Come on. Listen to me. God did not send Jesus all the way to earth, all the way to have his beard ripped out, all the way to have the nails in his hands and his feet, all the way to have his back completely ripped open, all the way to all the way to have the crown of thorns thorns shoved on his head, all the way to the mocking and the shame and, and, and all the things that, that God did so that you could just exist. He didn't raise all the way from the grave so that you could just exist. He didn't do all that so that you could just exist inside of relationships. Man, if you're not growing inside of relationships, are you all with me this morning? You deserve to walk in relationships that you're growing in. How much that God has planned for you to do. Look at this. The Bible says, um, Proverbs 27, 17. Y'all know this scripture. It says, iron sharpens iron. And one man to another. It's good. It's true. You are the common denominator of the five people you spend the most time with. Proverbs 13, 20. Here we go. Whosoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But a companion of fools will suffer harm. Listen, listen, listen. I don't only have to take a deep breath of who I'm walking with, but I have to make a conscious decision to be rooted in the relationships that I'm actually growing in. Listen, I love you. Love you. Who loves you? Pastor Mark loves you, right? I love you. But you want to know the reason that you hang out with people who are like you? Because they, they don't challenge you. That's the reason you like to hang out with people that do the same, same things you do. Do like You can just kind of chill in that relationship. And we've determined today that that is not a relationship that you want to put roots down in, one that just keeps you right where you're at. Come on, this is good. The reason that we have to intentionally root ourselves in relationships that we're growing in is because growth is uncomfortable sometimes. All the time. Iron sharpens iron. There's heat, there's friction, there's sparks. The reason I hang out with people who are like me is because it's comfortable inside of the relationships in our culture. We do that, but also inside of the church, it's the world's worst. We just all hang out in here and agree and don't ever go. We don't ever go where lost people are. We don't ever, we don't ever try to lead nobody to Jesus. Most of the time, y'all are great. We've, we've changed that culture here. You guys do that. It's powerful. But we just like to hang around church people and do church programming and church stuff um, because it's comfortable because we never have to have our, our belief systems and values challenged. When's the last time you sat with somebody who does not agree with you? It'll challenge you. It'll stretch you. It will grow you. When's the last time somebody stepped in and was like, hey, 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 do that. That, that won't work long term for you. And we don't like that. We move away from that. Come on, somebody. We want to have relationships that we're growing in. Relationships that we're growing in. If my relationships insulate me, this is so good, in the church, out of the church. If my, if my, if my, if my relationships insulate me from having my belief structure challenged, they are not growing me. Did y'all get that? Say it again. I knew I had to say it again for you, Sherry. Yeah, I appreciate that because you caused me to... Listen, think about this. If my relationships insulate me from having my belief system challenged, 
I'm not growing in them. You understand what I'm saying? Like you got to sit with somebody who ain't saved. It says, God, I don't want you to ever serve God. I don't even believe there is a God. Tell me why you believe. Like, well, like I don't believe like that. I think we should do that. I think, I think this should be legal. I think that should do You've got to sit with people. I love sitting with people who are the opposite of where I'm at because then I can learn. Because I can grow. But we like to sit around people that all talk like us, think like us, vote like us, look like us because it's comfortable because we don't have to have our belief systems challenged and we don't have to grow. That's why we sit in a church forever where we're not being fed and we're just existing through the programming and we don't get our happy butt up and go somewhere else where we can grow because we like comfortability. i got to keep going. When I'm rooted in relationship, there's personal growth. Amen, everybody? It's like Dr. Rudy. I told you I had to meet with Dr. Rudy once a week. I don't want to. I don't want to, I don't want to meet with my counselor once a week. I don't want to. I can find a million other things that are more pressing than meeting with my counselor, especially if Brianna has to be on the call. Because <laughs> she does. So I think we need to have both of you on the call next week. Like, praise God. What am I going to do? I got to do something. I got to run. I got to do next week. All right? <laughs> but I always leave better than I came in. That's a good relationship. Here's the second thing. Here's what happens in relationships. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, breaking the bread, all that. Like they, they, they learned and grew together. The second thing is healing. Everybody say healing. We gotta move. We gotta move. We got we gotta move fast. Healing happens inside of relationships. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling. Stay with me, Riker. They were selling all of their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all and any at verse 44. Yeah, right there. And they were all, and all who believed were together and they were selling and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all and any who had need. Look at this. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Look at the healing that had to take place. For the writer to use words like glad, generous, and heart. These were people who were just as jacked up as we are. Who came from all different socioeconomical backgrounds and colors and shades and Jewish and Gentile. They're all together with glad and generous hearts. Does not sound like Thanksgiving, does it? Because there was healing that happened. Listen to me. Roots in the right relationships, the reason healing happens in the right relationships, why you got to put roots down in them, is because right relationships cause me to be honest. There you go. That's good. Very good. Roots in the right relationships require me to be honest. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't, hey, listen, right relationship, you can't, you can't just tell them, all, uh, they'll be like, nah, bro, nah, bro. You're all, you jacked up. It ain't all her fault. That's why we are so strung out on this, 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 this virtual connection world that we live in. Because online, everybody, we can just be as honest as we want to be. We can be as successful as we want to be online. We can be as motivational as we want to be online. Come on. Y'all remember that old country song, I'm So Much Cooler Online? In reality, you're five foot two, but in online, you're six foot two, you know? This is true. This is true. This is why healing happens. In the, that's why you got to put roots down. One question. 
How is this working long-term for all of us, this whole being as honest as we want to be in our relationships? But being rooted in the right relationships, you're receiving healing that comes from the requirement to be honest, honest about my struggles, honest about my shortcomings, honest about what keeps me up at night. The Bible says, therefore, confess your sins to one another. Acts chapter 2. Or no, I'm sorry. James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, therefore, confess your sins to one another. This isn't like sin. This isn't like, oh, Cherry, I, I smoked a cigarette yesterday and I know better. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about your heart. What's, yeah. what's, what's keeping you up at yeah, night? Exactly. What's rolling around in your spirit? Why? Because if you do that in a right relationship, when you're growing in, when you're getting healing in, I know that if I tell John, John's not going to go tell you. John's just going to start praying for me. And the Bible says the prayer of a righteous has great power as it is working. I love this because, you know, Melissa, she's here today for the first time. Come on, somebody. Can we all just celebrate? I've got to hurry. But, Melissa, I talked to her about it this week. And, you know, you guys know this, but she is, is it, have she posted it on Facebook? That she is cancer free? You can't, she is cancer free. And I talked to her this week. I said, because hey, I'm using this, 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 this illustration of, of that, that growing roots in the right relationships. There, there's healing. There's healing because I have to be honest and all the things. And, and, um, and, and I, she, you guys know she's, she's documented her, her journey on social media. And just talking to her, um, I'm like, how important is that? You know, how important? You know, is that, that, that's where the healing? No, no. She's like, that's not where, that's not where the magic is. Is, is in all the people who know about your battle on social media. It's nice. It's nice. It's nice to know you're... Right. Here, here, here. Right here is where the healing happens. Like this is... No, no, stop. This is great. It's great. But this is it. It's, it's not on the social media post, although they are great, right? This right here roots in this is what because it was awesome because I was talking to her and she was like yeah the other night my entire small couldn't get out couldn't really get out of the house and do a lot of things yet but my entire small group came to my house just to make sure I was good why because she had roots because she wasn't too busy for small group wasn't too insecure for small group come on somebody this is real didn't have too much going on for small group I'm going to tell you this you, you, the, 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 the winds of life will come. If you don't have this, you'll go crazy trying to get this from this. Hello! It's good. Here's the last thing. Right here, we got to end. Y'all stand up. So we get personal growth. What's the second thing we get? Healing, the third thing, this is a big one. The third thing as a result of getting roots in the right relationship is growth, is, is, is impact. Look at this, last scripture right here. Last scripture, impact. impact happens. Last scripture here, boys. Praising God and having favor with all people. This is the end of that story. The Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Let me tell you something. Roots in the right relationship, the result of 
Chris and I having a relationship is not only growth, it's not only healing, but it's that our relationship, a byproduct of that, makes an impact on the world around me. It's the day by day. Isn't that what it's all about anyway? The people who are dead come alive. People who don't know Jesus come to know Him. Isn't that, isn't that why we're all here? Like, isn't that why we're doing what we're doing? Like, because people need to be saved. Amen, everybody? Bow your heads with me. Father, I thank You for moments like these. I thank You that we will begin to, to build roots in the relationships that matter most. Father, I pray right now that You're, you're just helping us make that inventory of those relationships that we need to move away from and those relationships we need to move into because they are, they are the life to us. They're the growth. They're the healing. They're the impact. 